0: this is a night frank podcast night frank is a 100 irish-owned company operating from dublin night frank provides market-leading advice and transaction support to residential and commercial property owners developers investors and occupiers for their personal and business property needs night frank connecting people and property perfectly see our website nightfrank.ie hello and welcome to the night frank property podcast bringing you the latest insights on property market trends as they evolve and forecast with our experts' analysis. I'm James Marr, Director of Knight Frank. Today I'm joined by our Director of Industrial Property, J.P. McDonough, and our Head of Research, John Ray. Industrial is a very traditional name for a sector of the property market that is now, in my view, very sophisticated and probably touching more people than ever directly due to the current crisis and lockdown. A lot of goods are being delivered directly from warehouse to people's homes, and an ever increasing amount of white van deliveries to houses. We've heard JP we've heard a lot about the potential impact of COVID-19 in various real estate sectors, retail, office. What's your view on the likely impact on for the industrial market? Thanks James.
1: Yeah, in my opinion it's important to assess the impact really in two ways. I think one being the short-term impact um, and secondly the long-term consequences. In the short-term and notwithstanding number of short-term requirements which currently exist in the market, demand has been down and take-up will consequently suffer as a result. Um, We've seen a general reluctance amongst occupiers to commit to space really since the middle of March. Um, Going forward, however, we feel that industrial and logistics is well-placed to adapt to the new normal, however, There is no doubt that the whole e-commerce phenomenon has been accelerated over the past two months. You know, people that never shopped online before, they've begun to do that now and they've realized it's really not that difficult to adapt. So we expect to see that continue into the future Um, and e-commerce facilitators ultimately will then need additional warehouse space to satisfy this need. Furthermore, there, there is a perception amongst occupiers, certainly that I speak to on the ground, that they will need additional space to accommodate more inventory in future. Indeed, it was interesting to note government comments over the past few weeks about their lack of stockpiling. So we expect companies and indeed government to be more prepared for potential risks in future, uh, with a view to handling more inventory and needing more warehouse space. John, we hear a lot
0: about the move to online shopping and have been for some time. Is the pandemic accelerating this move in your view?
2: Hi James. Uh yes, while well, there has been a secular trend towards online shopping for some time now. The pandemic would surely turbocharge this transition. You know, tra- traditional bricks and mortar retails shut almost overnight, so consumers have left no choice but to Shop via online channels and fast-forward a vision of the future many have held for some time now. However, as of yet, the data hasn't shown that pure e-commerce retailers are benefiting from the lockdown. As of yet, for example, online cold store Asos recently reported a 25% fall in sales, illustrating that online isn't necessarily picking up the slack. However, the reduced spending is also likely due to be a the economic uncertainty with consumers reducing consumption across the board. And also, as we're in lockdown, people haven't had the motivation to make clothes purchases, for example, if they haven't the opportunity to wear them. Some sectors have witnessed an increase in sales, John. Yes, grocery stores, unsurprisingly, are up. Uh, so they're seeing an increase in online demand. So the latest data for Kantar Media shows that grocery stores are up 22% which is generating increased storage demand across uh, the industrial sector, while 10% of Irish households have also received an online grocery delivery uh, in the last month, so up from 6% the year before. And this is representing a large rate of growth, even if the overall market share is still quite minor.
0: It's interesting what you say about sales online, sales being down too for closed retailers. Would you say that perhaps declaring the demise of bricks and mortar is premature at this stage, given that they are due to reopen? Also, as we go through the phases and what the implications for the industrial market are?
2: Yes. So the transition to online is all about speed of delivery. And this is segmenting industrial product into various components along the supply line. For example, Amazon has six different types of industrial products based on speed and type slash bulk of delivery of the good. So online is changing uh, industrial product from that point of view. However, there are two points I'd like to make. Firstly, on the growth of online. So online sales still represent a relatively small portion of total retail sales. So, for example, CSO data shows that 3.5% of all retail sales were made in February were online. And that was before the pandemic struck. And this rose to 4.3% in March when social social distancing measures started to be implemented. But very... Still a very low number, with 95% conversely showing that are made uh, not via online channels. So, and secondly, also, since the lockdown, data from the UK shows us that online sales with physical locations are still going faster than pure online e-commerce players. So, ones with physical locations where that remained open grew by 12.5% versus 8% for the overall e-commerce market.
0: So bricks and mortar will remain king when things open up?
2: Well, this is where things get interesting, James. So the saving grace for having physical stores up to now uh, for retail was that it allowed people to touch, feel, and try on goods they were purchasing, even if they bought them online at a later date rather than at the time in store. However, safety protocols under the pandemic makes this competitive advantage of in-store retail redundant when they reopen. For for example, the idea of trying on clothes before buying would be uneconomical for the retailer, given the time-consuming sterilization process necessary to make the clothes safe again for another person to try on. This means that the pandemic could permanently alter the dynamic in favor of pure online e-commerce players, depending on how long the current situation lasts. So in
0: terms of take-up, JP, I presume this is likely to be significantly down in quarter two?
1: Yes, James. As mentioned, take-up will be down significantly in Q2. Now, this trend is likely to continue into Q3, albeit there are some green shoots in terms of inquiry levels over the past two weeks or so. Um, To put this into context, in Q1, we saw a strong start to the year, uh, accumulating in approximately 900,000 square feet of take-up for the quarter. Now, again, while this was down on the same period in 2019, it was still above the three-year quarterly average of 800,000 square feet. So it it represented a strong start to the year. Now, the the vast majority of take-up was concentrated in the two core precincts of Dublin Northwest and Southwest. And although there were just two deals in excess of 100,000 square feet together, they accounted for approximately 57% of total take up.
0: And could you give us some background on the main deals we've seen completed this year so far?
1: Yeah, so the the largest deal of the quarter was the letting of approximately three hundred and twenty five thousand square feet at the former Geodis facility at Damastown Business Park in Dublin fifteen. Now, this was let uh, by the Irish retailer John Stores and was facilitated by the recent relocation by the previous occupier Geodis to Unit One Dublin Airport Logistics Park. Now, what's interesting is that both buildings have the same owner, that being the property fund I put, um, and also this letting consolidates Dunn's position in Dublin 15, where they already occupy a 250,000 square feet unit in Rosemont Business Park. The second largest deal of the quarter was the letting of the former Lufthansa Technic facility at Baldonnel Business Park off the Nace Road. Um, This building, which is is older in specification, extends to approximately 200,000 square feet and was let to an undisclosed occupier on on a short term lease. Now, further notable deals include the letting of almost 70,000 square feet at Green Oak Business Park to Amazon, which is their first delivery facility in the Republic of Ireland. Now, it is likely that they will also commit to additional facilities within ROI over the next 12 months, which, is, which will provide a welcome boost to the occupational market at this time. John, the entry of Amazon uh, into the market here strikes me as being
0: very important.
2: Would you agree? Absolutely. Amazon's share price is up 35% since the start of the year, compared to a decline of about 10% for the S&P 500. So its share price increased by about 500% now over the last five years a remarkable figure, and is showing the scale that this company is growing to. So looking at a global level, their industrial scale is already phenomenal. So they occupy 150 million square feet of industrial space, the majority of which is located in the U.S. and and Europe after the U.S. So over the last number of years, they've accounted for between 20 to 25% of industrial take-up in the U.K., so it's huge capacity to be a major catalyst to boost demand in the Irish market also.
1: Yeah, and I think that's an interesting point, John, just in relation to their, their trend thus far in the UK in terms of take up. So uh, as you mentioned, they, they have uh, accounted for almost 25% of take up over the last number of years in the UK. And if we were to see a similar trend developing in the Irish and Dublin market, they have potential to take up significant, uh, significant chunks of space, which, which could be approximately 500,000 square feet. Yes,
2: I completely agree. So all I have to do is look internationally to understand what their plans for Ireland may be and how the future may unfold here as well. So four years ago, Amazon opened its first bricks and mortar store in the U.S., And that was over 20 million square feet of physical stores in the U.S. And 170,000 leased leased across seven stores internationally, but they're growing fast. So what they're looking to do is vertically integrate the industrial and retail supply chain. So on the investment side, they also have important implications. So they represent an unrivaled covenant within the industrial market, given their status as the third largest company in the world and valued at $1.25 trillion. So in the UK, we've, where they have entered the market and, and, uh, and grown to scale, so we've seen rents rise and yields shift downwards since Amazon entered the market there. And I expect to see a similar effect here also.
0: In terms of the demand-supply dynamic, what has absorption of the new stock been like and how is the supply pipeline looking now in the context of the pandemic and the new requirements coming through? Do we have too much space or too little space for the market's needs going forward?
1: Yeah, James, I think in the context of new builds, we, we, we've seen continuing levels of take up of new product over the past three years. Um, in the most recent quarter, we've seen take up at the Dublin Airport Logistics Park, which is Rowan Holden's flagged his theme to airline catering specialist Donata. So they've committed to an additional building of almost 40,000 square feet, which is their third building within that park. Um, Meanwhile, a green scheme at Horizon Logistics Park, there were lettings completed of approximately 25,000 and 30,000 square feet, and they were completed to the aviation company AVAIR and global logistics company Expeditors. Now, looking ahead, there is probably a lack of new supply coming up. Um, This year, we're likely to see completions amount to approximately 250,000 square feet, of which almost 110,000 square feet has already been pre-lit. Mm-hmm. Um, again, to put this into context in respect of completions, last year we seen completion numbers of approximately a million square feet. So as you can see there, there is a significant supply problem in the market. Um, going forward into 2021, we should see completions hit approximately 750,000 square feet, which is up somewhat from this year, but still back on the 2019 figures. And and it's very much dependent. That number is very much dependent on the number of buildings actually commencing construction uh, in Q2 and Q3 this year, which, which is not a certainty as of yet. So, as I said, there, there is a supply issue and despite the current pandemic, you know, this is, I suppose, likely to, s- to sustain rental levels in the sector for a period of time. And John, I presume you have views on the
0: construction industry and what constraints it may have coming through from the pandemic?
2: Well, In, in terms of development activity, construction timelines expect to be extended due to social distancing rules, which will delay new supply also to the market, for new construction. I don't think you see any new commencements on speculative product until there's a greater certainty. But you may see pre lets take place. At the end of the day, the industrial market is one of the more highly correlated sectors with the general economy. So, despite the undoubted need for additional stock, the economic uncertainty under the current circumstances is probably too great at this point. The perception of increased lease up risk will have caused owners to shelve plans for speculative projects for the time being. I expect this to be temporary, however, and as we move into the second half of the year, and greater clarity emerges regarding the path out of the current environment, well-capitalized developers will be the first to move on site.
0: One item that seems to be lost in the current uh, discussion and environment, understandably, is Brexit. Uh, as you know, we're reading in the press over the weekend, commentators talking it hasn't gone away and the political scenario of the UK is getting very inward looking. What are your thoughts on this? And again, what are the likely impacts on the industrial logistics market as you see them, JP?
1: Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, James, I, I think we've only really scratched the surface in respect to Brexit. The, the reality is that it's only since December last year that we have a degree of certainty around Brexit actually happening And I would be of the view that this was reflected in in the level and execution of inquiries that we experienced over the past three years since the initial Brexit vote. Um, Since January, however, certainly I've seen a shift and and that has changed. There there is obviously a recognition now amongst occupiers that this is happening uh, and thus we are now seeing real action or, or at least were until the middle of March. So it'll be interesting to see how tariffs and duties are dealt with within the transition period for this year, um, as this certainly may influence uh, demand going forward.
2: Yes, and just to add another point in relation to Brexit, you know that ties in with what we're seeing in the current pandemic as well in terms of the prospect of a hard Brexit last year turned out to be a blessing in disguise as inventory capital was ramped up and companies reevaluated and diversified their supply chains in advance of the vote. And this is what countries around the world are actually being told to do from the industrial point of view at the moment. So in many ways, we were well prepared, uh, better prepared than most countries as a result of that. And as an island nation, Ireland is certainly more vulnerable to shocks, uh, particularly supply shocks than our mainland European counterpart. So uh, in some ways, you could say uh, Brexit has been a a blessing in disguise in in getting ready for uh, inadvertently for this pandemic. Thank you,
0: JP and John, for your insights that you've shared with me today. I think there's some very encouraging signs that we're seeing coming through with the Amazon arrival and the potential inventory building and holding that we may come from the pandemic. Maybe it's a good time to be looking at the industrial market, both investment and from a development point of view. If you'd like to discuss any of the topics covered in more detail, please don't hesitate to contact a member of the Knight Frank team or indeed for any other property inquiries you may have, please give us a call. You can find us at nightfrank.ie or on social media channels. And we hope to be back soon with other podcasts and different aspects of the property market. This is a Night Frank podcast. Night Frank is a 100% Irish-owned company operating from Dublin. Night Frank provides market-leading advice and transaction support to residential and commercial property owners, developers, investors and occupiers for their personal and business property needs. Night Frank connecting people and property perfectly see our website nightfrank.ie